1: BB family, this is Derek Somerville coming at you live. And with me today is the only man I've ever seen use pine needles as floss in the middle <laughs> of the woods, Carl Mandrioli.
2: I have done that before. I actually drive <laughs> pine needles. That's funny. And, and with me today is Derek Somerville, a man who believes that all electricians drive Volkswagens. I'm going to let that awkward pause sit there. Well, it relates because we are going to be, we have an electrician as part of our episode today. So that's why that matters. Just,
1: I don't want you to edit out that pregnant intentional pause that okay. so I just inserted. Yeah,
2: that's fine. So that's fine.
1: there you go. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. I, you mentioned you're coming to everybody live. Are we Are we live? Is this like. It's
1: live right now as we record okay. it. Okay.
2: So that's I'm clarifying I
1: mean. that. Maybe it was more of a stagey thing. Okay. Coming at you taped. This is the... (laughs) It doesn't have the same ring in it. It doesn't, but that's okay. So, tidbits today. A
2: few weeks back, we released the backpacking bylaws, and we Mm. got a rather strong reaction from a listener about whether we might have gone a little bit too far. We might be compromising relationships that might be created on the trip uh, for the sake of the mission. So... Any thoughts on that?
1: Interesting. Um, I mean, it's always subjective. You know, like the decisions we make and what we do can always be taken a variety of ways. I think hopefully you and your group know each other well enough to know that things are meant in a good way. It's best for the group um, to succeed and not have major catastrophe. Um, you know, and we're not perfect. So, All right. and like we were talking about last sep- in that episode, um, there were things I think we both, you and I, could have done differently to avoid some of the things that we encountered. So, we also mentioned towards the end, like just to allow a bit of
2: grace, depending upon the circumstances. Um, this particular listener's, I think the bigger beef was just, especially when you're going with kids, mm-hmm. you want to have, you can't just, you know, like, be mission oriented all True. the way. There's got to be some flexibility built in, and we kind of already had an episode on bringing kids. So I feel like we that I feel like that was well addressed. This is more just with adults and yeah, kind of setting expectations. We've both been on failed trips sure. and they're a bummer. And so we simply, I feel like we build stronger bonds through successful missions, if if you want to call sure. it a mission, than through failures certainly you can you can build through kind of overcoming obstacles but i think it's the overcoming and then the success that kind of builds the most strength there so anyway um interesting point but that was one Mm. response we got okay so we've got an interview today and this is going to get a little bit deep and this is going to get a little bit powerful it's going to get real but it's going to get real and it's going to get good a couple of a couple acronyms that come up, up during this interview, which I think most most people know what PTSD is, post-traumatic mm. stress yeah. disorder. And then our guest also mentions an acronym, FKT, which we've mentioned before, but it's been a while, fastest known time. Yes. He mentions that on a particular trail yes. in the, the Great Smoky Mountains. So without further ado, uh, I got a chance to catch up with a man mm. known as Plug It In. That's his trail name, but he's also known... Um, by his real name, Benny Braden. So here we go. Thanks for joining us, sir.
3: Yes, sir. No problem. Okay.
2: Yeah, a man known for just epic hikes in the Great Smoky Mountains. Um, you're from eastern Tennessee. Uh, you're known for, I guess, also an epic beard. And, yeah. So our new tradition here at Backpacking Blisters, we're trying to, to start off every interview with just kind of a... Unexpected random question. so seeing as how you, you've got the epic beard, I thought I'd ask you a bearded question. Which bearded fellow would you most likely want to hike with? All right, I'm going to give you a list. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. I've got Sai uh, from Duck Dynasty, uh, James Harden from the Houston Rockets, uh, the Tom Hanks character from Castaway, Uh-huh. And Dumbledore from Harry Potter.
3: (laughs) Uh, I like Dumbledore a lot. Really? I
2: would not have expected
3: that. But I think Psy would just be an absolute blast. You never know what he's going (laughs) to say or what he's going to do. Right. Uh, So it might be, I mean, I'd probably spend more time trying to keep him from falling off the trail. Right. Uh, Kind of have any squirrel moments, you know. And, yeah, uh, I guess that
2: if he got ahead of you or behind you, he would be heading down the wrong trail at, at points. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'd have to have him in front of me so I can keep an eye on him. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I th- yeah, it, it has to be saw. Yeah, okay. Hands down. I mean, because hikes have have to be interesting. You For know.
2: sure. No, I know, and that's and that's our group of characters. We always have these crazy characters going that that could head down the wrong trail actually. And but yeah, I, I love them. So yeah, I, th- I actually agree with you on that. And that's who I would choose as well. Do you think Sai would be up for the miles that you do?
3: No. I'd probably have to carry. Him. <laughs> I'd have right. to I'd have to carry him. Yeah. Or or knowing Sai, he would probably arrange somebody to pick him up via horseback <laughs> and carry him on down the trail a little bit and then drop him back off.
2: Right. But and then he would ask you, why are you going so slow?
3: Exactly. Jump on the menu like Man, why are you going so slow? Yeah. <laughs> and then probably order takeout, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, that doesn't sound too bad when you're out there. If you get somebody to deliver or... Um, yeah, exactly. for sure, that's funny. Yeah. Yes. All right, so so you're known as uh, Plug It In, and yes, that's your trail name. And so what's the story behind that?
3: Well, I'm from a little bitty town in uh, East Tennessee called Oliver Springs. Now, okay. it's, it's small. But, you know, a lot of people just like in little bitty hometowns everywhere else, uh, everybody has nicknames for everyone. And okay. since my electrical contracting business that I do for a living uh, is called Plug It In Electrical Service, everybody there just calls me Plug It In.
1: Okay.
3: And way back whenever I was getting ready to, I was considering the through hike on the AT, uh, I had, you know, given that some thought of, you know what you know, what's my trail name I was uh, worried about someone picking a trail name for me being something ridiculously stupid that I would not want to respond to anyways. But uh, a mixture of that, and I wore a t-shirt on a section hike um, as I was kind of prepping. And another hiker had seen me, and he started calling me Plug It In. So I just took that as an omen that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to go by, so henceforth the name Plug It In.
2: So as a result, do you prefer... Like for all of your electronic gear that you bring out, I don't even know what gear you bring, but assuming you've got some electronics out there, do you prefer items um, in in order to charge them? Do you prefer plugging them in, or do you prefer the battery replacement?
3: Uh, plugging them in, yeah. All right, I, I'll carry like an anchor uh, battery pack depending yep. on my trip. Uh, will depend on the size of anchor I carry. Okay. But all my all my stuff, my GoPro, uh, my phone, things like that we'll plug into those items to, to charge up. So I, I like that.
2: Sticking with the theme. I like it. Yeah. And exactly. no, I bring that up to
3: you. That, that's my name. I got to do it. I got to <laughs> do, do it.
2: So you're kind of known, I guess, in the backpacking community, you've got a pretty um, epic blog, just um, a story as far as, you know, how you sort of got into backpacking, what backpacking um, means to you and kind of how it's, you know, how it's kind of played a role in your life, I suppose. Um, so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, on the podcast is we just thought that your story was pretty powerful, pretty epic and, and definitely important. So if you don't mind sharing, um, your background with, uh, PTSD and the role backpacking has played, um, in your life journey.
3: Absolutely. Um, I spent a little over a decade in the emergency rescue fields. I uh, started out as a firefighter. I worked about two years doing that volunteer and, um, Really got out of that just because I hated to smell like smoke at 3 Uh, (laughs) a.m. Had had to take a shower as soon as you get home, just that whole mess. Um, But I really enjoyed it because I was helping people right here in my own community. And uh, what sparked that was I I rode up on an accident and it had just, you know, the car wasn't even done rocking back and forth uh, when I pulled up. I mean, it just happened and, and I felt completely helpless. So from that point on, I vowed to prepare myself and do what I can to, to be ready next time. And uh, that just kind of led into, you know, becoming a volunteer firefighter. And I went from there and went to the rescue squad because I could help a whole county versus just my little community. Right. And uh, so I became a rescue diver, uh, taught vehicle extrication, and, uh, you know, just did All that stuff became an EMT, started working as an EMT. I spent roughly a little over a decade um, in that field. And unfortunately, in the rescue field, you see a lot of death. Uh, It's it's just part of it. Vehicle accidents are mostly what we ran. But, you know, of course, there's the occasional, um, uh, you know, rescue dive that you've got to do that's really more of a recovery dive. And, and at that point, all you're doing is recovering the loved one, the family member, from, from the bottom of the lake so they can have a proper burial. Um, right. But at the time, you know, it, it wasn't um, really affecting me or anything. I didn't have any problems. Didn't feel like I had any problems. Uh, we taught debriefings afterwards. Now, you got to think this was probably 20 years ago. During that time period you know, you didn't hear a whole lot about PTSD, you know, especially in the rescue and emergency first responder fields. You didn't hear anything about it.
2: Right, right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, that's relatively recent where that's been sort of assigned to, to various fields, right?
3: Right. And, uh, I mean, you heard about it a little bit, just a hair maybe in military, but it wasn't really widespread known at that time. And unfortunately, with our first responders, you know they go run a call, and sometimes as soon as they get done with that call, they gotta go run another one. And it's almost in most jurisdictions, most of them will see death at least once a day. Um, depending on depending on the area, some will see death multiple times a day. Right. But you know we taught to take to do debriefings to go back to the station, talk about it, you know, pray about it, have the chaplain there, and and. Just get some understanding of what you're dealing with,
2: right?
3: But unfortunately, it's not something that we practiced. Uh, I cannot remember ever a single time that we did a debriefing, and I can tell you we seen some very horrific, traumatic things. You uh, know, right. and, and I spare everybody the the details, but I can I tell everyone that I've seen people die every way they can possibly die, except for a plane crash.
2: Yeah, I can't even imagine that.
3: I really didn't start um, experiencing any issues till after I'd gotten out of, um, uh, till I retired. Okay. And, um, it, you know, it's probably about a year or two before I, I actually started experiencing anything. And I w- actually went through a personal traumatic situation myself. And that's what sparked okay. it, it triggered it. And from that point on, I suffered extreme depression, you know, a suicide attempt. Oh, wow. Things that were so uncharacteristic. If you allow depression to get really bad, it's almost like you're standing next to yourself, screaming at yourself, saying, stop. You know, stop doing what you're doing. Snap out of right. it. But you can't hear yourself. It's like you're watching everything unfold and you're completely helpless. Right. I, I I've told people it's like, the brain, the mind just completely takes over the body. It, it's like it's being hacked. Mm. In in modern day terms, your brain is being hacked and it's seeing a it's being fooled into thinking of a false reality.
2: Okay.
3: And, and like it's it's thinking that okay, everything around you is falling apart, there's no sense in being here. You, you just need to end it right now. And the reality is, it's not that bad. I mean, there's definitely much, much worse situations, you know, that there's no situation worth too bad to kill yourself for. But it's like your mind is just really so fogged up that you can't think clearly and you are being led to believe that, you know, this is the only result that, that can fix all this right
2: like when you're like kind of now probably looking back on it you can see things quite objectively and say yeah like that was really not as bad as it may have seemed but in the moment you're going down that that dark path and it's
3: oh yeah it was nowhere near as bad as, as to what warranted that which nothing warrants uh, to take your own life right. but um, but that's how crazy the mind works and at the time I was on Prozac My doctor had put me on Prozac, and, you know, I woke up in a mental hospital for three days surrounded by complete concrete, Mm -hmm. concrete walls and everything, Right. and I really wanted to have like a Jack Bauer moment, you know, to where I see a guard walking down the hallway, and I sneak up behind him and grab him (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) knock him out, you know, maybe... Yeah, and take his keys and break out, right. and then you happen to look up and you see all the cameras around. It's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but
2: uh, wisdom, wisdom, yeah, rung true there.
3: And I remember the date. It was Mar- It was May thirty-first or twenty-fifth. Is uh, Memorial Day?
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, whatever that day that falls on, usually the twenty-fifth or something like that. Right. And I remember, I remember every year just looking at that date as my as my rebirth. Not mm. my, my second chance that God gave me to make this right. I praise God every day for, for sparing me and uh, keeping me here.
2: Okay, so you, it sounds like, I mean, you're kind of in a tailspin at this point. Just, um, you know, suffering from PTSD, a potential self-tragedy. And so what, so what kind of happened that kind of, um, yeah, it was a turning point, I guess.
3: The turning point was after I met my wife. We're still dealing with anxiety attacks, anger issues, depression.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, and it got worse and worse. I was yelling, screaming at the kids. I was becoming a monster. You know, just because the kids were yelling at each other, I would yell. Right. Not really setting a good example at all. They were throwing their baby fits. I was throwing my adult-sized baby fit. <laughs> right. Yeah. We. I mean, me and my kids joke about it now, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's true. Uh, I was just horrible i hated it my kids had my wife everybody had to walk on eggshells um just to keep from making me mad and um i would get right. so worked up that i would throw all my hiking gear in the back of my truck which has a camper shell on it okay i would melt the tires down pull them out of the driveway and my intent was never to be seen again i, I was gonna right. go to a trailhead somewhere get on the trail and disappear blend in right fortunately you know not long after i'd go down the road god would soften my heart a little bit and convince me just to pull over and take a nap
2: okay
3: and i'd pull over and take a nap usually at a walmart somewhere and uh just because i had a bathroom there and i had all the food i could ever want to eat um (laughs) but i still couldn't stand to be around people i mean i was i mean my nerves were just wrecked at that point about 24 to 48 hours i'd be okay I would come home. I wouldn't want to talk about it, but I'd act as if nothing ever happened. That went on for a pretty good while. I remember um, Christmas 2016, I slept in my truck Christmas Eve night. I was so worked up. I was so upset. Uh, I actually came home for Christmas morning, though. And I told, you know, I had all the kids in there, and I just told them, I said, listen, I can't do this anymore. I said, if y'all want to be ugly, if y'all want to fight, do whatever. Got to do it somewhere else. I can't. I can't right. handle it. And um, and still at that point, you know, we did not know we were dealing with PTSD. Even even up to that point, I had no idea what I was dealing with. I just knew something wasn't right. Okay. Doing some backpacking at that point, section hiking. And I could feel good for the first few days after being back, but then it would hit me like a rock.
2: When you say when you like when you're back back in the house or back out on the trail?
3: Well, when I was back when I was on the trail, I was fine. And whenever what, I would okay. come back home, I was okay for a few days. But then right. it would seep back in. And then I went to see my doctor and, and we kinda talked about it and you know done some things and, and you know, he said that it was ptsd and and it made sense in 2017 that's whenever i did this the two smokies 900 milers so i was in the woods for long periods of time and between those two hikes you know i realized you know that the first hike i was good for a pretty good fall after that hike like months i was not getting upset which my wife was doing a great job with keeping the girls kind of settled down. My kids, uh, I've got three teenage girls that love drama, okay. so that's their job. <laughs> that love and drama. Yeah, that's their job. They love drama. She did a good job of squelching a lot of that and keeping, keeping okay. that down. and So that worked on my second 900 miler. I was walking Now, Whenever I'm hiking, I pray a lot. I pray a whole okay. lot. I, I pray while I'm walking down the trail. Um, just like God's, just like they're walking right next to me, we're having a conversation, and, and um, it's pretty interesting when other you come up around other hikers, and they see you sitting there just chit-chatting away, and there's nobody sitting next to you, <laughs> right. and uh, you get some really right. interesting looks, but you know that's okay. It kind of keeps them moving. Uh, they don't want to really, <laughs> they don't want to hang out with someone that's hearing voices or talking to themselves.
2: And there's and there's no Bluetooth headset in, so they they you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> noticed that exactly.
3: Right? It was on that hike. I remember where I was at. I was hiking on Hazel Creek Trail in the Smokies. You know, I was just kind of talking through everything. You know, everything going on, and and it hit me like like a like a sledgehammer. Uh, it came to me that what was causing my attacks, and that it was high stress. And what's ironic about that. Okay. When I was out on the call, you know, extricating someone from a vehicle, and you got all this chaos, you know, all the noises, the smells, everything. Just usually in the dark, it's usually raining. You know, it's just really crazy. You know, you're trying to gather bearings and everything. It was in that situation, you know, you're dealing with high stress, that I was actually the calmest when I was in rescue. I could think through things clearly. I could work my way through the problem extricate the person from you know from the vehicle no problem and you know and, and do just fine. Years down the road it became an issue where high stress was actually triggering my panic, panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Okay. So that was where that, that was the where it really went and, and changed everything, you know. Um, that was to me the biggest turning point once I figured out what that trigger was. You know, I'm able to control that, and um, I can um, chill out, walk away. You know, and, and maybe it's right. time to go for a little bitty hike, <laughs>
2: a little yeah. bitty one or, or nine hundred yeah. miles, <laughs> two hundred,
3: four hundred, nine hundred miles, whichever.
2: And so you feel like the yeah, I guess this is kind of two sides to it. Is is you're taking yourself out of the high stress environment by kind of yeah, yeah, I guess going into the backcountry or going into the wilderness. And then you're taking advantage of that time by really addressing the spiritual side of things and and praying through I guess, what's been going on in life. And and so that's, that kind of is a, is it fair to say it, it kind of diffuses a lot of things?
3: Yes, it, it absolutely does. So. Okay. And, and that, you know, just making that reconnection with God and just listening. Okay. Because, I mean, every day-to-day stuff, we're out here working. Yeah, we're praying. But we got so many distractions every day, you know, that it's easy to shut God out. It's easy to not hear what he's trying to tell you. When you're out there, he's got your undivided attention.
2: Yeah, and we're actually going to address this in an upcoming episode. I think that a lot of folks are actually starting to bring some of those distractions out into the backcountry. But I think it's kind of to, like, kind of like what you're saying, kind of to our own detriment. You want to, yeah, part of the purpose of being out there is that solitude. And whether that's with another, you know person or group of people there's there's definitely time when you're you're not talking and when you have nothing but to look around and to reflect and uh, and to pray at times mm-hmm. so yeah well thank you for sharing that i mean you went yeah you were pretty open and transparent with just all the struggles that you had kind of leading up to to where you you are now and yeah obviously well just i don't know i always it's funny when we see movies we always see like you know one one sort of event like occurs and then problem solved but that's not really how life works like you know we're always a work in progress and um you know learning about ourselves and about everything
3: exactly you know and i decided to dedicate my blog uh plug uh you know once a month once uh maybe a couple times a month doing an article on ptsd in the first responder field and i got okay. so many friends are reaching out to me that that are in the fields that say hey i deal with that too you mind if I share my story. And so mm. it's encouraging others to step up and take that leap of faith and, and tell their side of it. And my wife came to me one day and said, I've got your next blog post. And, okay. and I wasn't sure if I wanted to hear it or not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: from, from her perspective, exactly, right? Exactly,
3: exactly from her perspective. and And she... She gave it to me to read, and I think within the first couple sentences, I was bawling like a baby. Oh, wow. Uh, It was that powerful. I could feel her pain. I could feel her anguish. I could feel her dedication to her family and not willing to give up and just hang in there and just her plea to God to do something, to help. And it's the most powerful blog post I've ever read in my life. And I just felt so blessed that she wanted to be a part of the healing process, that she felt like her view gave uh, another angle for what we were dealing with. So
2: we're going to have – so we've got the blog that we've been mentioning. So that's in the description in this podcast episode. And then I'm also going to throw that on our Facebook page if anybody's interested in checking that out. So you can check out Plug It In Hikes and and see – Get kind of digging a little deeper, see a little more of what he's talking about, and um, and yeah, and, and you can read the blog post from from Benny's wife. That's just right on there. So, yep. well, thank you for the yeah for like I said for digging deep um, and and sharing your story. I think it definitely is, is powerful, and it's it's good to know. Just you know, even just on this podcast, we take kind of a lighter side with with um, you know backpacking, and we poke fun at a lot of stuff. But like, there's a lot of meaningful things that happen out there and yeah it's just good to know that there's a man such as yourself out there who's willing to support people that you know have have struggles such as yourself so that's excellent
3: for me what is cool is that to be part of a filming project where i get to share my story in a uh feature film and uh which is so cool
2: yeah you yeah so um so benny's a character i guess (laughs) I mean, it's a documentary. Like you're kind of a character, but yeah. you're you're yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in in Chris Smead's movie um, Highline, that's coming out next. I think I think it's early next summer. He's releasing that, and it looks awesome. I've, I've already shared the um, the trailer for that on our on our Facebook page, and and looks like a bunch of just yeah awesome guys out there, and you're one of the guys out there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, go for it. What? what yeah. Any any thoughts on that?
3: Well, it was really neat. Um, it's kind of odd, you know, because Chris has the camera in your face every 15 seconds. Uh, so right. it's, for me, it was a little bit tough to just act natural, you know, to, you know, whenever someone puts a camera in your face and they say, okay, what do you think about this? You know, you've you got to think <laughs> about, you know, so many things are running through your head. Like you wake up first thing in the morning, you just open your eyes and there's a the camera. Yeah. There's a right there. Side, yeah. Right there, you know, so. But we had a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed it. The Uinta Mountains are insanely beautiful. I uh, was not expecting Utah to look like that. Um, okay. Getting to hike with my buddies and getting to, you know, of course, with Chris, you know, that, that was a really cool trip. Really felt good to be able to talk about, you know, what, what I felt. While I was on the trail, uh, we talked about some of the, you know, issues with PTSD and, and, and trying to eliminate some of the stigma out there about it. You know, whenever I refer to PTSD, you know, especially like on my blog, a lot of times I refer to it as just PTS. I drop, okay. I drop the D. So, you know, a lot of people don't like to be labeled as having a disorder. Right. So we get rid of that disorder. We get rid of the D part. We just say, okay, post-traumatic stress. And, okay. you know, it, it eliminates some of the stigma that, that comes along with that. But
2: you meant, It's funny you mentioned the, uh, the camera in your face thing because I always try to get a lot of good uh, camera footage, but there's times when I've got a buddy who will be filming me kind of randomly doing something, and then the camera's in my face, and I'm not the person who's kind of on the spot with just, you know, a quotable quote or anything. And so there's times I'm just like, yeah, I don't have anything to say right now. <laughs> and so it's just not a usable shot or whatever, which is fine. But yeah, um, I kind of
3: have a silly side. Um, I like the joke cut up. Um, yeah, I don't think I really did that out there. I I think I was just so wrapped up and like, you know, camera gets in your face. You just kind of draw a blank.
2: And yeah, and I guess that's how I am too. And, for sure. and you don't
3: want to sit there and give a bunch of, uh, <laughs> um, um you know right nobody wants to hear that
2: right 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 all right so final question for you sir we always you know it's kind of fun to hear people's different experiences out on the trail and um we know that you have a, an fkt for for a hike out in the great smokies and you've just you've seen a lot you've experienced a lot so we always like to ask what do you have a crazy or strange story from the trail that you don't mind sharing
3: yeah, um, when I was doing my first Smokies hike, I came upon this wild hog, uh, you know, how you kind of walk a ridge, uh, okay. kind of in and out of the fingers of the side of the ridge. Uh, sometimes you can't see around the corner, and, and if, you're, if it's really tight, you may, you know, be upon something within 20 feet before you even know oh, it. Oh, yeah. And that was my case. Now, I was, I was moving pretty good. Okay. And I came around this corner, and there was this huge wild hog, right in the middle of the trail, and it was just as black as it could be. And uh, <laughs> as soon as I seen it, I stopped. I like skidded to a stop. Right. And the hair on that thing, on its neck, stood straight up, and it started snorting and going on. And I thought, excellent, this is where I die, and this is how it's <laughs> gonna be. And death by hog. Death by hog. I knew bacon would get me back one day. <laughs> this is it. And, uh, and I looked around. There's nothing, no trees to climb up because it's just kind of a rocky area.
2: My first thought, like, because I've never had this experience, is I'm thinking, like, I'm putting my pack down in front of me as like a shield. So,
3: <laughs> well, so a- well, I mean, I've got the Z Packs haul, arc haul. Um, okay. And that's expensive equipment. And you know, I'm gonna okay. I, I'm gonna let that boar eat me before I let it touch my gear. I will. I'll just let it. You've got
2: like the scale in your mind where you've got your your pack yes. on one end and your life on the other end, and you're measuring this out in this in this instant right now. Is that what's
3: going on? Exactly, it's playing out in milliseconds. And if okay. I had to make a choice, I would hold that gear up as high up above my head as I could. And just oh let that goodness. hog just chew away at my legs. Because there's no way I'm <laughs> letting it get a hold of my pack. Um, I mean, okay. because inside the pack, I mean, you've got, you know, the, the Z-Packs plags, the, the Z-Packs sleeping bag, and you know, all the Southern gear, my my, all my, the my stuff, goose yeah. feet gear, my Blackrock gear, all my good Vargo stuff. I mean, everything is in there. And, you know, in the backpack, too, I mean, you, you've got, Probably $1,500, if not $2,000 on your back. The heck if I'm going to let a piece of bacon tear it up. But (laughs) but yeah, that was a a freaky moment. So I just stood there, very still. And my thought was, okay, if it comes at me, I'm just going to try to jump to the side real quick and make a run for it. Even though they can outrun me like crazy. You know, still is a theory in my head. That's the best I could come up with on a second's notice. Okay. But yeah, it was a good good crazy moment. Fortunately, the hog did jump towards me a couple of feet, but then turned and ran the other way. I was just sitting there thanking God for every bit of it. And uh, I did not promise that I'd never eat bacon again in that process, though. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I still have bacon. So fortunate for you and your gear and your ability to eat bacon. So yes, victory all around. Yes, yeah. the gear,
3: wow. the gear was spared. I was spared, and I still eat bacon to this day.
2: I will have to do some research on on the appropriate reaction if threatened by a wild hog. Yeah. All right. Well, we I feel like we we hit um, all sorts of awesome details of of life right there. So um, thank you, sir, for for joining us for this podcast. And like I said, we'll have this we'll have your link in our description and on the Facebook page. And it's an honor for us to be able to interview you and for, yeah, for you to join our podcast. So thank you for your time.
3: Yeah, thank you for uh, having me and allowing me to share my story. It's, um, it's a great privilege and, and it's been a lot of fun.
2: So yeah, pretty big time interview there and powerful story he's got that kind of we're backpacking and just time on the trail and prayer just really sent his life in a different direction really. So yeah. yeah, what do you yeah. what do you think about this idea of just really getting outdoors or getting to the wilderness as kind of a big time reset
1: as life starts to go downhill? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, Braden, thanks for sharing. That's a lot to unravel for sure, and uh, appreciate your vulnerability, man. That's that's huge. For sure. Um, I would say it's. I know for myself, it's it's been it. You know, I think it's one of those. One of those rare things in life when you can go out and really soak yourself into the wilderness and reflect on your own life, those are there's, there's certain environments that can really change you from the inside, uh, and I think the wilderness has the ability to reset you, maybe spiritually, mentally, um, in a lot of ways to help you kind of just get a better perspective on your life, yourself, uh, maybe what you need to improve on, or what you need to keep doing right. Um, yeah, I think it gives you the yeah, no I totally
2: agree. I think it gives you the opportunity to do that. I think that you have to take those next steps. Just yeah, I don't know that simply true. going out there is
1: it's not automatic.
2: Yes, that's for right, sure. right. There's there's steps to right. take
1: and he kind of There's went there's that. plenty of people that go wander around the woods and nothing happens, you right. know what I mean? So Or they can go crazy, which is or they not go what you want, I don't think. So
2: not ideal. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I really enjoyed um that journey and that spiritual reset that he Described um, one of my favorite questions that we tend to ask most guests is just kind of just different things they experience out there, just like weird stories that stand out to them. And yeah. so he mentioned the one about the like staring down the wild boar that he thought was going to charge him. And <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest, like awesome. I have never had an experience like that. So I don't know. I guess if I was going into that territory, I'd probably be more prepared with some background knowledge. I've been, well, I don't know. I've been to Big Sur has wild boars in in Northern California, but I've never. That's true good that's
1: true and, and i know um catalina used to have wild boars okay. catalina island off of california's coast right. and i know my sister went there for a, a camping trip and they had a small herd of wild boars just bum rush their camp oh man in the middle of the night yeah uh they're,
2: they're crazy so yeah and i guess i don't yeah i just don't have that experience so when he was kind of recounting that i thought I, I told him obviously i was gonna put my my gear in front of me what would you have done
1: uh i mean i kind of i kind of leaned toward what he was doing like you know if i've never had that encounter with a wild boar i can't really i mean i've seen one in africa but not like i'm in a <laughs> jeep right so if i'm on the ground in front of this thing i feel like um he's definitely faster than me shocking i know shocking right. um but i think I, I would just try to stay on my ground and be as big as possible and as loud as possible i don't know if that's i feel like that's always like maybe the best thing to running is just never good in my yeah. opinion uh when well,
2: he mentioned I, 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 I said put my gear in front of me and he's like my gear's kind of expensive so i don't want to do that <laughs> but, <laughs> but i think yeah
1: that- i think i'd be i would do that I don't, I wouldn't care about my gear. I think I would do that without a second thought, really. Right, right. Cause this is, you know, if this is your life and this thing's gonna like pierce you with a horn or a you know, tusk or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah but you your know. gear could survive. It could be. I'm throwing my bag in his face. Like, I don't care. Okay.
2: Is there any gear that as you've stuck your pack in front of you and the boar is charging you, is there any piece of gear you're like, mm, I hope that doesn't get ruined?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I get it's. It sounds really lame to say this, but like I think it's mainly like the phone or the or the camera. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Because those are the those are the only items you can't replace the pictures or the memories that you're creating right. or, or trying to document as best possible. You can't replace those, right? Um, whereas I can replace everything else. So right, probably those two. Yeah,
2: no, that weird. was that was my exact answer too. Um, and in our case, it's usually like ruined documentary
1: footage as we try to make some sort of crazy outdoor yeah. film. So although I do carry my my trekking poles, so I do have a couple of swords available, right. which I think would be a little easier a than taking out my backpack.
2: So. Fair enough. You'd okay. So I guess I would put you and my gear in front of me to, to block the boar. <laughs> I'll save your life. Yes. Okay, thank you. Fair. Yeah. Okay, so I do have trivia, even though this I know this is a longer episode, but man, like we gotta have the trivia. And so Gotta throw one in.
1: Let's do a quickie.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a quickie, but it's, it's, and it's not going to be like PTSD trivia. I want to make it appropriate, so I thought it, I, I'd theme it on his name and the fact that he's an electrician, but still okay. related to backpacking. So this is what I came up with. I've got a list of items that are pieces of backpacking gear or that mm-hmm. are related to backpacking in some way, and I want you to tell me if you need to charge this item by plugging it in to like recharge it, Or to (laughs) replace the batteries to have full power.
3: Uh, So so
1: what do you think about that? You ready for this? I love it. I know you're going to have some funky items on there. I don't even know what they are, but let's go for it. I've got a couple good ones. Well, okay, okay. So I've got five items. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a
0: hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt.
4: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: You need to
2: be able to get three of these. Three. And Check. really, you should have you should get four, but I'm going to give you three of these. Give, okay? Okay. And the first Do one it. I've got for you is the Garmin eTREX 20X GPS unit. Oh, gosh. One of the current Starting Garmans. right
1: off with the Garmin, huh? Yeah. Um. All right. I've had two garmin products, okay. Um, I have a satellite phone, okay. which requires charging and a a separate GPS which requires charging. so I'm going all
2: require charging, but we're we're, we're focusing um, on
1: plug it in charging. I'm going to lean towards you do not have to replace a battery. I'm going to say well, do, do I need to plug it in? I guess well, I mean, yeah, I do. Plug it in is incorrect. That's 0 for
2: 1. Okay, that was a battery really? Straight replacement. Straight up battery on that? Double A's. Yeah, I was surprised. I actually thought that would be a plug it in one, too. Really? It was current. Okay. Yeah, and I looked it up. I was like, really? I Man, haven't that's... seen
1: that unit, so I don't really know.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, they're still, they're still going, don't, going with the double A's. Right. Okay, um, we're going to stick with the GPS theme. Next one is Timex Iron Man
1: GPS watch. Ooh, this is brutal. I don't even wear watches. I'm not a watch guy. I have a feeling you want me to say... I want you. Oh God, I don't know if you're trying to trick me with this one or what. I'm All gonna
2: right. say. Uh, I'm gonna say. Plug it in. Plug it in is correct. Okay. Yep. So next one is the uh, Petzl Bindi headlamp, which is about a one ounce headlamp. I think it's the lightest one on the market right now.
1: That's uh Let's see. I want to say. I want to say battery. It's probably wrong though. Seems like it's a battery replacement. Yeah,
2: it's 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 definitely a uh, rechargeable since it's one ounce. Like if you add a battery to it, it's going to be. I guess if you added a watch battery, you could make the case. But no, it's a rechargeable. It's a it's a plug it in, my friend. So you are one for three. I think I figured. Okay, I figured. and you got two less. So yeah, yeah. Not worried. Okay, not worried. What if somebody were to bring an inflatable dinosaur costume out into the wilderness? Wow! In order to inflate that, there is some energy required. Is that a rechargeable dinosaur costume, a plug-it-in, or is it a battery replacement?
1: Uh, I'm going to say battery replacement. That is correct.
2: Correct. Two for four. Two for four. Coming down to this last one. Okay, this last one is a Goal Zero Nomad solar panel. So to charge this, do you need to plug it in, or is it
1: a battery replacement? do I need to plug it in or is it a battery replacement right uh okay so this is this is one of those things where like I know my solar panels you can just leave out in the sun and they slowly charge up right. or you can plug them in and they really charge up a lot quicker okay um I want to say I can plug it in
2: okay because you mentioned that you could put it out in the sun I'll give it to you it was, it was a trick question it was just you put out a solar I panel figured. in the sun that's what you do I figured put it in the sun I'll take that point okay I'm gonna take that I'll point. give it to you I'm feeling nice today. Okay, so well, yeah. you
1: passed trivia,
2: and hopefully everybody else did as well out there.
1: Guys, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for hanging in and listening to the uh, the interview, the trivia, all that good stuff. Thanks again to Braden for um, sharing with us. That was awesome, and best of luck to you, my friend. Um, thanks for being a listener, guys. Continue to submit your uh, reviews, Google, Apple, uh, MP3. For the contest to co-host, uh, that is coming up soon. So, get those cracking! And uh, thanks again for everything, guys. It is not backpacking, guys. It's just not. If there's not at least three to twenty blisters along the way, have a good one. I want to fly around the
4: world.
1: Oh, <sighs> you know what, Carl didn't realize is he needs to there's something else he forgot that he needs to plug in. Okay. And this is this is something it's a little more from the heart. You know, it's a little more it's a little more in depth. Uh he needs to plug in he needs to plug in his attitude, okay? Because his attitude drains and it gets really sour after a long, hard day. And especially if there's rain or ale and he gets cold, as we all know he does, and his shoulders get sore. He's going to recharge and plug in that attitude adjustment, and that requires usually a back rub from me and some hot chocolate.
0: I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.